time to express yourself. Where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Biology. It's the study of complicated things that have the appearance of having been designed with a purpose by Richard Dawkins. Hello and welcome back to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of Be The Star You Are, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. For today's show, Be The Star You Are wants to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported BTSYA over the years. We are thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help us celebrate being a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit www.btsya.org. Every dollar counts, and we will use the funds for outreach programs. Make sure to listen to Express Yourself wherever you listen to your radio or music. iTunes, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and more. We broadcast from the Voice Empowerment Channel on Voice America Radio, the largest radio network in the world. I'm Nahal Gill. We have an extremely important show planned for today about biology and genetics. In segment two, our guest Lucy... Sue will be explaining her book, The Secret of Genetics. In segment three, our new reporter, Sharanya, will be talking about the connection of genetics and writing. And right now, I'll be talking about the benefits of biology. Biology is always around us. We use it in our everyday lives. We walk outside. There are millions upon millions of organisms around us. Biology is the creation of life. You may be wondering, why is biology important? Biology is important to our everyday lives because it allows humans to be better understand our bodies, the resources, and potential threats in the environment. For example, global warming and how that's going to affect the future of the world and how it's affecting us right now and what we can do to make it better. Biology is a study of all living things. So it helps people to understand every organism alive, from the smallest bacteria to California redwoods and blue wills. Biology is always around us everywhere we go. How is biology being improved on now? Biology is a field that is always developing and finding new information. As we get technology that grows and it allows biologists, scientists, zoologists to be able to do more and more things. We are finding new species in oceans and new animals in the world and technology is helping us do that every single day. For example, right now and in the near future, AI will be helping us make new genetics, make new patents that can help better medicine and create better medicine for people to use. And again, AI will also help us find new species, go depths into water that humans can't go into. And this is all with the help of technology. What jobs are based off of biology, you may be wondering. 
there are many, many jobs. And the most important ones include anything in the medical field, such as being a doctor, surgeon, dentist, orthodontist. You could also, again, be a scientist, a zoologist, a marine biologist. And not just these jobs are jobs that are based off of biology. Yes, these jobs do directly relate with the biological field, but any job right now can has some part of biology in it. Whether you may be a professional surfer, you're always around water, or whether you play a sport such as golf, you're always around nature, around trees, organisms, animals. So not, not just these jobs are relate to biology. Most mostly a lot of jobs in nowadays have some aspect of biology in them. And you may be wondering who are the important scientists that have contributed to this field. Some of the great scientists are Thomas Edison, who made many amazing, amazing inventions, such as the light bulb. And most of these inventions include batteries, phonographs, telegraphs, and you may know this one, Nikola Tesla. He was a great scientist who had knowledge of many, many fields in science and technology. Tesla had generated the AC current before Edison knew about the charges. And it's not just these scientists that have contributed to this field. There's scientists nowadays that have contributed. For example, Elon Musk. You may think, how has he contributed to biology? Him creating these spaceships, these rockets that help us go into space, go to Mars, see the, pl see the animal life there, see the organisms there. That has helped with bio biology. And him creating the Tesla, the car that you know runs just on batteries and not gas, that has helped immensely with biology because of the global warming crisis. Right now, with his cars, there's no carbon dioxide being emitted into the air. And from now on, there's going to be many, many more scientists who are help contributing to the biological field. We are out of time for this segment. During the break, check out our website, www.bethestarur.org. Keep listening for more. Lucy Zhu and I have a conversation about her book. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit bethestarur.org to make a tax deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. Be the star you are .org. Be the lucky star you are. 
listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello, and welcome back to Express Yourself. Right now, Lucy Shu, who is coming to us from New Zealand, will be talking about her book, The Secret of Genetics. Lucy is especially passionate about biology and specifically genetics. In her free time, she likes to read fantasy novels, play tennis, sail, and drink tea. In her final year of high school in New Zealand, Lucy published The Secret of Genetics, a comic, which has taken two years of her hard work. Lucy was inspired to create a graphic novel slash a comic book about genetics to make biology more accessible and interesting to younger students. She aspires to battle cancer and Alzheimer's disease through genetic research in hopes of facilitating unity in this field. Lucy also chairs international and UNICEF committees and actively participates in initiatives like PRIDE. The Secret of Genetics, a creative and captivating retelling of genetic concepts through illustration and fantasy. Proteins and genes are transformed into heroes and villains. We stay with them when things go right in mitosis and when things go wrong in mutations and cancer. Join us on the journey. How are you doing today, Lucy? Hi, I'm doing great, thanks. How are you? I'm doing good, too. So let's just start it off simple. What is your book kind of about? Well, basically, I'm just adding a little flavor to the teaching of genetics. Um, we follow, right, like you said, personified cells, proteins, and genes on their usual adventures. The cell is like a kingdom, the nucleus is like a castle, and all the characters are ruled over by King Arthur. We follow Gregor Mendel, the father of genetics and his famous P experiments. We follow King Arthur and watch how he prepares the kingdom for mitosis and meiosis. How proteins like General P53, that's what I named him, um, overcome obstacles like mutations. We also follow the cells when, you know, things go wrong and cells become cancerous. I also touch upon the newest modern genetic therapies and how they can be used to cure cancer. And a whole lot more pretty cool content. I've got some exciting character appearances, including um, Gandalf, robots, knights in shining armor. Pretty cool stuff. Yeah, and I think it's amazing that you put all this, you know, you put information on biology and genetics into like a more exciting and, you know, a more informative, exciting, kind of like adventurous way for people to learn it. I kind of think that probably definitely helps because last year I took AP biology and they give us a textbook that we have to read through and it can get pretty boring and repetitive at times. And, you know, going through your book and reading your book, I found it really fun and kind of like adventurous to read about genetics and biology through like the different adventures that, you know, the characters are going on or like the cancer cells are going on. And I think it's amazing that, you know, you made such an interesting topic, even more fun for people to read about. 
Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. Because when I first started, you know, learning about genetics, I brought, you know, the series um, Something Something for Dummies? Oh, yeah, yeah. I brought genetics for dummies and I expected something nice and simple and I opened it and it was just a thick wad of like descriptions and jargon. I was like, mm, no, no. Yeah, yeah. And that's how it is. I think with schools, obviously, they're not going to they're going to want to teach the kids like through textbooks and stuff. But I think, you know, as a pastime for people to learn about it and kind of keep them more interested in it instead of boring them. I think this is a great way to do it. And you did a great job with your book. Um, yeah. So another question I had is kind of why is it important to ensure that everyone like understands genetics? Kind of like that your book is not just for people that want to go into like a science or like a STEM kind of field. Why is it important for like, you know, everyone to understand genetics? Recently, just genetic research has revolutionized, you know, the way diseases have been treated, which in turn affect each and every one of us. COVID-19 is just a great example. The COVID vaccines are the first successful mRNA vaccines ever, and they're already playing such a critical role in our lives. I think it's very important for us to understand the things that impact our lives in such a way. I think the unknown breeds fear and uncertainty, and I want to make understanding genetics easier to help dissipate this worry and uncertainty, not just for, you know, decisions concerning our own health, like cancer treatment. For example, there's a lot of worry over GMO crops and how horrible they are, but really all we're doing is making, you know, tomatoes last longer and increasing corn yields. There's really no room for fear. And I just want to help people um, be able to understand the world around them a little better. And lastly, genetic research is done by people. I want to inspire youth to become interested in the topic. I wish to enter the biotechnology industry myself in the future. And how cool would it be to enter a field with many bright and passionate youth? Yeah, and I think that I 100% agree with you that, you know, everybody kind of does need to understand genetics and kind of like you said that how you want the youth to be more informed and kind of interested in jobs like this. And I think that's amazing. And, you know, again, through the way you did with your book, it's a lot of fun and kind of just helping people understand, like, like you said, like how GMOs, that people kind of see them as a really bad thing. But in reality, it's kind of just making tomatoes last longer and how it's not really doing any harm and i think it's important for people to kind of understand that because uh you know just kind of maybe like listening to some person say that oh gmos are bad people will take that into consideration and just think that even though without kind of looking into it or understanding maybe why it is bad or why it's not bad and i think it's important that like you said that people should understand genetics yeah 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 it's just (laughs) there you go go ahead you can go ahead it's just we're all surrounded by life a lot um i think biology is a little underrated compared to you know physics chemistry um especially since we're surrounded by life you know plants us 
And understanding genetics is really understanding the foundations of all these living organisms. And I think it's just very important for us to be able to understand and perceive the world around us, you know, in a some more scientific way as well. Yeah, yeah. And I, I really do agree that that people should, you know, it's kind of beneficial, like you said, to understand genetics and kind of see the world around us and how genetics is like the base of, you know, like animals and different kind of species. So kind of like how did you become interested in genetics? So when I was 14, I watched Jennifer Dudna's TED Talk on CRISPR. She was the co-inventor of CRISPR. Uh, CRISPR, for those who don't know, is essentially a pair of molecular scissors that can cut DNA and replace it with DNA we give it, which is really cool. We've used um, CRISPR to make glow-in-the-dark cats. <laughs> That's something straight out of a sci-fi novel. And so at 14, I was like, wow, genetics is the future. You know, of course, you can imagine how there may be lots of ethical issues involved in this. Um, and so the ethical implications was what I was originally drawn to. Then when I was 15, two elder relatives of mine were diagnosed with cancer. Then my mother discovered a tumor in her ovary. This was a really scary, like a really scary period of my life because before then, I thought that cancer was synonymous to a death sentence. And of course, I really didn't want my mom to die. Um, later, we found out that the tumor was benign, fortunately. But during that time, I decided that I wanted to understand cancer. And that was the start of my journey. Yeah, and, you know, I think it's, first, I, uh, I'm i really happy that, you know, that tumor that your mom had was benign, and I'm sorry to hear that it happened in the first place, but like you said, I think it's really interesting how you became interested in genetics, and kind of through a TED Talk, and, you know, through kind of seeing cancer and tumors kind of happen to family members that kind of really inspired you, and I think that that's really kind of interesting how because kind of same thing kind of happened to me uh I kind of want to go into like the dentistry field and you know I kind of saw that my mom when she was younger she said that she tripped and she kind of broke her two front teeth and uh or like kind of cracked all her teeth and they're all broken and I kind of do hear that story I was like oh that must have sucked and I wasn't really interested in dentistry then but it kind of happened after I got braces and after one time I did hurt my mouth I uh, was play fighting with my cousin and I got hurt in the mouth when my tooth came out. And I was kind of like, from then on, I was kind of like interested, I guess, like how tell people with their teeth and kind of like that and kind of how it kind of, I guess, how like you became interested in genetics through like that TED talk and then kind of those things happening to your family member. And I think that's really interesting. And I'm happy that that tumor was benign, obviously. And I think that's really interesting on in how you became interested in genetics. Yeah, yeah. At first, I think it was like just me absorbing information. And I was like, wow, that's cool. And then I see it in my daily life. I'm like, wow, that's relevant. <laughs> and it's tangible. And I think that's a 
turning point for a lot of people and how they discover, you know, what they're interested in is seeing it affect their lives, you know, just around around in their daily life. Yeah, and I was just talking about this before, too, that how biology is kind of like everywhere around us, like, you know, even in jobs that don't have to do with being like a scientist or zoologist, like, for example, being like a professional surfer, I guess, you kind of have a bit of an aspect of biology or being like a professional golfer, you have like an aspect of biology, you know, being outside with nature. And biology, biology is like everywhere around us, like in our everyday lives. And I can I 100% agree with you that, you know, biology is just so relevant and tangible. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you become inspired to create your book? Um, yeah, like I've just said before, when I first started learning about genetics, um, all the stuff around me was, you know, really jargon feel filled. And when I just started, the only foundation I had was like middle school biology. And the only thing I really remember from those classes is the names of some bones, you know, didn't really help. Um, Usually when I just start learning about something, the first thing I do is hop onto Wikipedia, like, you know, all good students. And I typed in CRISPR and Wikipedia was all clustered regularly interspaced short palindromic repeats. And I was like, yeah, no, no, (laughs) nah. So, yeah, I was really put off by all the jargon and it made me wonder how many other people have been put off by the long, boring, jargon-filled explanations. So I decided to try portray this information in a new and fun graphic novel format because genetics is interesting. Just the wordy stuff online isn't doing it justice. Yeah, and I... 100% agree with that kind of like we've talked about before like you know when I took AP Biology last year kind of that that reading through that textbook just words and words I was interested during some parts and I kind of lost interest I kind of got bored and I think again you creating this book is really beneficial and can really help people who are interested in biology kind of learn it through like a more fun and interactive like adventurous way and kind of going with your book, do you kind of like, like to read fiction or history? And kind of like, how did you come up with like these characters or like these special characters? I, when I was a little um, younger and I had a lot more time, I would read a lot of fiction and fantasy. I basically, I basically lived in, you know, the young adult fantasy section of my school library and it was like, I feel like when you read, you know, fiction or any sort of novel, it's like living uh, many lives and just, you know, just our one life. And it's really cool when I started imagining if, you know, each cell had a, its own life. And it helped me understand how things worked so much better. It was making the theory um, more tangible as well. Yeah, and I, I hundred percent agree. Kind of, I was kind of like you. I love reading fiction books, kind of like history books or nonfiction. They don't kind of interest me. And fiction books, for some reason, it always interests me. My favorite, like I guess, fictional series was Harry Potter. And you know, I think that's kind of interesting how 
reading fiction also, you know, helped you create this book kind of with these fictional characters and again, how it benefits people to understand genetics. I think that's really, really cool and interesting. Thanks. Yeah. When I was writing and creating the book as well, um, I had to read a lot. Um, I was reading a lot of different um, graphic novels and comics, you know, to get composition and learn more about storytelling. And I read some, there were some I found more on like physics and um, people explaining, you know, space, the universe in a more fun way, which was really inspirational. And I really, oh yeah, um, personally, I really love, you know, Percy Jackson and a lot of all the other ways mythology was being represented with their own little twists and that was just really cool because it was some sort of like knowledge that the general public had and it was being built upon and reshaped yeah and i think that's again really kind of interesting how you know you had the you kind of read these like fictional characters, kind of how it built upon how to create your book. And kind of going with that, like another question I had was like, what was like the writing and publishing process like as like a teenager in New Zealand? It was um, a pretty long process that took more than two years. I started my research by reading high school and college textbooks. I read a myriad of genetic books like The Gene and Intimate History, as well as books like The Mortal Life of Henrietta Lacks that discuss the ethics of the field. I really um, recommend that book, actually. Um, it was written by a journalist, so it's also pretty accessible. Um, I selected topics for my book like Mendel's Peas and Curing Cancer. Um, I started my writing by just first making dialogue and the descriptions. And I also reached out to a professional graphic artist for guidance, which was really helpful. I think in modern society, there is so much false information on the Internet, and I really didn't want to be part of that problem. So I fact checked this with um, two professors as, at my local university and they were super helpful, gave me so much feedback. Um, and then I made storyboards and finally started illustrating. By then it was the end of junior year and the start of my senior year. Um, I still had, you know, school during the day and a whole bunch of extracurriculars in the afternoon. So I was doing all my writing, editing, illustrations in the middle of the night. Um, yeah, it was a fun break from schoolwork, I suppose. And, oh, um, it was really cool to visit printing companies and discuss, you know, paper size, quality, printing specifications and stuff like that. I could envision and, you know, see a physical product for my hard work, which was, it was just really satisfying to see, you know, something tangible to be able to hold it. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a really long and, you know, a very hard working process. And I think that it was good that, you know, you didn't want to be part of like, like I said, like you said, I 100% agree that there's 
false information on the internet. A lot of people go off of that and bleed that information. But I think it's really good that you, you know, talk to professors at your university to make sure that your information was correct and to make sure that all of it was good. And I think that's really, really good to do. And I also think that, you know, it's cool that you went to like these kind of graphic design people to help you with the illustrations and kind of this whole process seems like it was like a lot of fun, but you know, it took you that hard work. And I think it's honestly really cool. Like you said, that you saw your hard work kind of pay off once it was published and it was kind of satisfying to see. And I think that's really, really interesting and really cool because my mom always tells me that you, when you work hard, you'll see the results come and you'll be happy with yourself. And I think it's really cool that, you know, you felt that and you saw that and your process was really interesting and it took a long time, but I, good job on, you know, going, not like giving up and kind of going through it and creating like this book to help people. Oh yeah. Thanks. Um, it was, it was pretty funny because sometimes towards the end of the process and I was editing, you know, minor tweaks, how the, you know, there was just like a little coloring out of the lines. And I was, I was just like, no, if we're printing many copies of this, everything needs to be perfect. And I'm just sitting there at like 2 a.m. editing the minor tweaks. And I'm just like, I just want this to be done. And yeah, looking back, I'm just quite proud, really. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I kind of think that it's good that you did that. You wanted it to be perfect. And I think that's a good thing to do, kind of, that you, you just wanted to make sure that was perfect and it was ready to be printed perfect, like if you were going to have so many different books and so many copies of it, too. And kind of going with that, you self-published this book, right? Or did you kind of go with like a traditional publish with like an agent or something? Uh, I decided, I researched the two, you know, different paths and I decided to self-publish in the end because a lot of publishing companies, although they do make things easier for you by doing, you know, advertisements for you, putting them in um, commercial shops, but they do charge a lot, <laughs> especially for um, a high school student. Um, I did not have a thick wallet to do that. And also, I wanted to be more in charge of my own publishing process. A lot of the times, you know, the publishing companies, they make and dictate what the cover looks like for you. They um, demand you change a lot of the content um, in certain ways. And yeah, I just wanted it to better reflect my intention of just making it making genetics more, you know, easy to understand, helping people instead of, you know, selling the book, really. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's kind of great they did that. I kind of agree with you. Probably, probably publishing like a traditional company would probably have been really expensive. And I kind of think that it's cool that you self-published it because you kind of wanted to be in control. You wanted to make the cover look like the way you wanted it so like nobody else changed it. And I think it's really cool that you did that. And kind of going with that, are you planning on writing another book soon? And kind of, if so, what would you want to write about? Oh, yeah. Um, I received a little bit of feedback um, from some people who, um, yeah, they suggested I make a sequel. Um, I've thought about it. And 
I feel like that would be cool because I have a lot of um, I've been, you know, I, I've had a lot of reflections on my process. And I think if I made a sequel, I would it would be a lot better as well. I've thought about um, different compositions, um, content, the way things are portrayed. Um, although I put off the idea for a while because I've been really busy with school, but I think once I graduate, it, it could be, yeah, it could be a really good investment of my time. Yeah, and honestly, reading your book, I think that a sequel would be amazing, and I'd love to read it. And I think that, you know, like you said, that after you finish school, kind of, it'd be a good investment of your time. And I think that's really cool, and I think a lot of people, including myself, would love to read another sequel of that book. So thank you so much, Lucy. It was great talking to, to you. You were so inspirational and filled with wisdom, and I love that you made a book that you know makes genetics and biology more interesting it helps people become more interested in this topic help the youth become more interested in this topic in like a fun and exciting way so pick up a copy of her book on kindle you have been listening to express yourself show your love for more segments by donating to the be the star you are charity at www.btsya.org and keep listening for more in segment three and again, the book of Lu the name of the book that Lucy wrote is called The Secret of Genetics. And I suggest reading it because it's a really great book. Thank you. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. The star you are light up the flame that burns. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3, a literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit be the star you are.org to make a tax-deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. Be the star you are dot org. Be the lucky star you listening to express yourself on the voice america kids channel where teens talk and the world listens express yourself is produced by star style productions llc as an international outreach program of be the star you are charity for more information about our show visit expressyourselfteenradio.com now back to our star teens welcome back to express yourself i'm your host nahal and now Sharanya will be introducing her segment, The Scribble. Sharanya Roy is a 7th grader in Gale Ranch Middle School. 
She loves to swim, play the piano, and make amusing jokes with her friends. Apart from planning her goofy schemes, Sharania really enjoys writing. She finds that each sentence has a life of its own, and she enjoys the sound of the keyboard clacking, as well as the scrick of a pencil. In her radio, radio show, Sharania hopes to change how teens look at writing, as writing doesn't just consist of essays for school, it's a lot more. In Sharania's segment, The Scribble, she wants to share new methods of writing and how writing can be part of every teen's life. Welcome to the show, Sharania. How are you today? I'm awesome. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing good, too. So whenever you're ready, take it away. Hi, everyone. My name is Sharania, and welcome to my new segment about writing called The Scribble. Here, we will be talking about the beauty of writing. Today, I'm going to discuss the connection of writing and genetics. The funny thing is that although many personality traits can be inherited from parent to offspring, writing isn't one of them. I admit, the Bronte sisters were all talented in writing. However, writing follows the famous saying, practice makes perfect. Writing isn't about whether the rest of your family is good at it. It is about whether you are passionate about it. To me, writing is one of the most flexible hobbies in the world. You can do it anytime, any place, and you can learn more while doing it. My favorite writing method is poetry. There are many different types of poems, from haikus to blank verses. Haikus originated from Japan and have three lines, five syllables in the top line, seven in the middle, and five in the bottom again. Blank verses are poems that follow a certain rhythm, but they do not have to rhyme. A rhythm in a blank verse could be something like D, D, dum, D, D, dum, and then could be write, written as light glows bright, fire blazes the night. My personal favorite are free verses, which are like blank verses, but do not have to follow a rhythm. For today's segment, I wrote a poem, which is a free verse about physical traits passed down from my parents to me. The name of my poem is Mirror Jeans. When I look in the mirror, I see two dark brown eyes, wavy black colored hair, a snub nose, medium-sized ears shaped like radar. Then at night when I can't go to sleep and I toss and turn over and over again, I can't help but think where I got my dark brown eyes, wavy black hair, my snub nose, and radar-shaped ears from. I think and think again and can't help but notice how I'm a mix of my mom and dad, and how I'm 50% of each. My mom's radar years are something I've completely gotten from her. The way they curve upward is identical. My dad's dark brown eyes pass down to me. Mine looks like an exact copy with his indeed. Then we go on to my hair, black and wavy. My dad's straight black hair and my mom's wavy hair is colored espresso. My snub nose, short and a bit curved, comes from my dad's Roman nose and my mom's Grecian. 
In reality, I'm 50% my mom and 50% my dad and 100% me. Thank you. What a wonderful poem, Rania. And I think that, you know, that poem greatly shows kind of our topic today, which is genetics. So kind of a question I had was, where did poetry originate from? Um, first poem was the Epic of Gilgamesh and was from Mesopotamia. The epic was about immortality and searching for it after an unfortunate incident. In the ancient civilizations, poems were used to be written for religious purposes. Many of them also honored kings in the civilizations. Wow, I think that's really interesting. I never knew that, you know, that the first poem was called the Epic of Gilgamesh. And I think that it's amazing that, you know, you kind of looked into that and you kind of know that. And I also... I, I have heard that, you know, poetry does have to do with like honoring kings and in the civilization and kind of like that. So have you ever studied the history of poetry? Um, yes, I was always fascinated um, by poetry from a very, very, very young age. Um, so I think that was kind of my passing time. I loved um, studying history of all types of writing, not just poetry. Yeah, and I think that's really cool that, you know, poetry is kind of like your favorite pastime. And I kind of, kind of the funny thing is that, you know, when we do poems in school or class, I kind of hate it unless it's like a haiku poem or like an easier poem that I can do because I'm not really good, good with poetry. But I kind of think that's really cool that, you know, you're into poetry and that's kind of like your favorite pastime. And kind of going with that, did like your parents or grandparents or did someone interest you in poetry and history or kind of did you become interested in it yourself? I think poetry, it first came from like kindergarten. We had these like diamond poems where we wrote a few words and we called them poems. And I guess that's where um, my passion for poetry came up because I always love words and anything to do with words. So um, I guess that's what made me interested in poetry. And my first poem was actually for Mother's Day. So yes, my parents interested me in poetry in that manner. And history is a really big thing in our family. Like World War II history is very big, but in terms of ancient civilization, I think most of my knowledge came from sixth grade um, history. Yeah, and I think that's kind of really cool that how, you know, you became interested in poetry at such a young age. And I know you've been interested and kind of kept with that throughout all these years. And I kind of also think that it's really cool that, you know, history is kind of like a part of your family and it kind of is important to a lot of people. And I think that I can see that with you and your family probably is history. Like, like you said, like World War II is probably a big thing and important to you guys. I think it's kind of really cool that you became interested in poetry and history kind of like on your own and also through your parents. And I think that's really cool. So kind of going with writing so like what does a writer do when they can't think of anything to write so mostly everybody has term of the um heard of the term writer's block it's that horrible time and you can think of absolutely nothing to write and when i suffer from a writer's block um block i go on to google and search for paintings 
Then I write a poem or a little blurb about what I think is going on in the painting. Um, that process is called ekphrasis, and I only recently learned about it. I find making stories in my head and interpreting the artist's motive very exciting. Wow, that's actually really interesting. I have heard of the term writer's block, and I think it's such a fabulous way and a great way, you know, to kind of get rid of that, like, kind of period of time where you're stuck and you don't know what to write. And I think that it's really cool, you know, to search up paintings and, you know, kind of write what's going on. And I think that's really cool to do at such a young age and kind of be interested in that. And it, it's, it really just amazes me how, you know, you kind of do that to help get rid of that writer's block. And I think it's really, really cool. And again, just good job on kind of, you know, getting rid of that writer's block in such like a different fabulous way so kind of who is your favorite poet or like a poet that you can like look up to um my favorite poem would poet would be sylvia platt um all of her poems have very vivid imagery and at the same time none of her poems were really purple prose and purple prose in um, writing is basically writing that seems superficial due to the um, amount of elaborate details you don't you don't want too much in writing but you also don't want too less and finding that medium can be very hard at some times and um tulips by sylvia plath is a personal favorite of mine yeah and i 100 percent agree that you know kind of like being in that kind of like a loop where you know you don't want to write too much but you don't want to write too little and I kind of find that in my like class right now, I'm taking AP English language and it's kind of, my teacher's kind of like, he says he doesn't want us, when we like do these essays, he doesn't want us writing a whole five paragraphs for a question, but he doesn't want us writing also like two, three sentences. He kind of wants us to answer, write in a good amount where we can like answer the question. And I, I kind of agree that it's kind of hard to find that middle and, you know, kind of going off with your favorite poet, which is Sylvia Plath, you kind of, recall any of the verses from that poem tulips um yes i definitely do now due to the covid19 pandemic you, um the poem tulips kind of uh just relates to covid19 and the doctors and nurses and how they're trying to help everybody so one line I remember is um, the tulips are too excitable. It is winter here. Look how white everything is, how quiet, how snowed in. I think that kind of shows how um, a hospital looks from a patient's perspective. Wow, that's actually a really great way to kind of like interpret that from that poem tulips and you know I probably wouldn't have interpreted it that way at all and I think that you know you do a really good job with like again finding ways to get rid of that writer's block or you know interpreting this kind of like interpret getting this interpretation from that kind of the lines on the poem and I think that's really amazing and kind of like another question I'm wondering do you kind of want to you know, when you grow up, kind of like major in like a writing field or do something that has to do with writing or poetry? Um, well, I definitely want to continue writing and poetry later, but I don't think that would kind of be my profession or major um, later. 
Um, but I really want to continue it later on and on and get some of my writing published in literary magazines and um, places that are meant for writing. Yeah, and I think that's really, again, really amazing. Like, obviously, uh, you know, maybe you didn't want to, you don't want to go into writing major, but, you know, kind of keeping as a pastime and kind of doing things to help better your writing and publish it, I think that's really amazing. And I think it's a great pastime to have, too. So kind of another question I have is, when would a teenager get time to write? Because a lot of our lives are very busy. So when do you think a teenager would get time to write? So writing is a very flexible activity, and if you have the main idea of what you want to write, you can craft it into any form. And a regular teenager schedule, and I'm talking about me specifically, and it's like jam-packed with school and extracurriculars, but there's that time where we like spend time biting our nails over test scores, and that time could be used for writing. And writing is a very nice way to de-stress and takes your mind far away from problems. You can write anywhere from when you're going to school in the car or when you just can't go to sleep. Yeah, and I think that's actually really good because my mom kind of says the same thing that, you know, if you can't fall asleep, kind of write in a journal, right? What you did that day or what you're looking forward to in like the next month or two. And I think that's a great way for teenagers to write, uh, get time to write. And I, I kind of, agree with you like our same with my schedule is pretty jam-packed with school and extracurriculars and you know you're thinking oh when will I find time to do this or that and I think that like you said with not just writing but kind of with anything like you know if you can't fall asleep kind of use that pastime to help do something that you're passionate about and with you it's writing and I think that's really really cool so kind of like another question I had was do you have like a notebook of your poems or do you kind of keep them in a computer and also kind of when you reread poems or writings that you may have done like years ago, do you kind of see your growth as a writer and how you're becoming better? So I do write some poems by hand, but due to online learning last year, I think I got out of my habit of writing um, with a pencil or pen. So now when I do that, my hand starts to hurt. So that's why I do everything on the computer and it's all stored there. But there are some that I really love of my poems that are written on in a notebook. And when I look back at my previous poems, like from when it's five to eight to 10, I think I can see how I grew. So not only the writing techniques I used, but also the topics. I remember when I was five, I used to talk about sunshines and rainbows and then when I turned eight I think I started um, talking a real like a little more about real life and then um, when I um, hit 10 I think that's when my entire writing process kind of matured yeah and I think that's really really good that you know you saw your growth and you know from being such as like a young is 10 years old and being able to kind of realize how you're writing better and how it's coming more mature. I think that's really, really amazing. And I think that a lot of people, including myself, don't kind of have that ability. Like it takes us a while, a lot of people a while before we kind of get the hang of writing that and you being able to do it at such a young age at 10 years old, kind of writing more mature, you know, kind of seeing that growth from your younger years. I think that's really, really good. And Kind of also going back to when you said, like, you know, with distance learning, doing everything online, I think that it's really, really good because I also, 
you know, with this is learning, a lot of things stopped doing it on paper. And now kind of going back to school, teachers don't really know what to do with on paper, on the computer. So I think it's, again, I think it's really, really cool that you're doing all these amazing things at such a young age. And kind of my last question, kind of for myself too, is how do you, how to get an A in like essays or writings in class? I absolutely have no idea. Writing, I do that for fun, and sometimes I um, put them in contests. But in narratives, I think my teacher is very disappointed in me. That's really funny, because I would agree with the same thing, that writing, my teacher probably doesn't like the way I write, because I'm not very good at it. But thank you so much you know, for your time, and it was really great talking to you. Thank you. We are out of time for today's show. As always, we express our gratitude to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryant, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment crew, especially our audio engineer, Josh. Thanks to our guests from across the world, and a huge thank you to you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. For more information, Be The Star You Are charity, visit www.bethestarur.org. Find us on Instagram at Express Yourself Radio and learn more about biology and genetics and keep on writing. Always remember to speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars to shine. Between the lines If you would let yourself